Welcome to this weekly audio digest edition of the Evening Times from Friday the 22nd to Thursday the 28th of March 2019. Read by volunteers at Q&Review Review, Prince Speaking to the Blind at our studios in the Bishop Briggs Media Centre. The headlines in part one. Traffic hell on M74 amid car breakdown and accident in the same area. Glasgow's top 10 most Instagrammable places revealed. Neil Lennon wants to give forgotten man Scott Allen game time. How Alfredo Morelos has gone from meddling to Rangers' multi-million pound man. James McMartin. Glasgow man meets paramedics who saved his life. Eric Zviatchenko. I still get goosebumps when I think of playing for Celtic against Rangers. Shettleston Road scores near bottom of UK Retail League. Maryhill tenants urged to report concerns about district heating scheme. Nightwoods fire. Man dead after Kirkton Avenue highways blaze. Nottingham Forest legend Des Walker reckons Rangers' loan switch has been the perfect learning curve for Joe Worrell. Hunt for folks who broke into pensioners' homes in Western Bartonshire. Evening Times News Recorded on the 25th of March 2019 Traffic hell on M74 amid car breakdown and accident in the same area By Senior Digital Journalist after Bali. Commuters are seeing massive tailbacks on the M74 this morning after two separate incidents. The Evening Times reported earlier how a broken down car had been affecting traffic northbound near Palmady at junction 1A B763 Palmady Road. Congestion is all the way back to the M73 interchange. All lanes have since been reopened, however travel time is around 55 minutes. It has now emerged that an accident has also taken place in the area. Lane 3 of 3 was blocked after the accident happened in the queues. The incident was briefly restricting the road, but has now moved to the hard shoulder. Travis Scotland said congestion on the M74 northbound from Junction 4 Maryville to Junction 1A Palmady after two separate incidents occurred in the same locus. By Senior Digital Journalist Aftab Ali. For Evening Times, 28th March 2019, Glasgow's top 10 most Instagrammable places revealed. The research conducted by business finance provider Libris looked into most popular city spots of fans of the hit social media site and how social media has changed the way we shop. It showed almost 10 million Brits would visit a pretty shop, cafe or business purely to get pictures of social media. Consumers ranked their most Insta-worthy places guaranteed to rack up the likes and businesses have admitted they all for the move. Among the top 10 was Cafe Strange Brew on Pollock Shaw's Ward, which has a respectable following of 19,600 people. The Quirky Cafe is a popular hotspot breakfast every day, so it's no wonder it's been declared as city's most Instagrammable places to visit. Owner Lorraine Macmillan said, I don't really think about the popularity of the cafe in that way. I just make sure the Instagram page is updated regularly and being consistent with the most post is important. But it definitely helps when people are posting as it really helps a business. Marin Kay, celebrity personal stylist and senior editor of It's Fashion magazine, added, With the advent of social media, we all want to share our lives. 
we are naturally going to share what we are enthusiastic about. So be that a good meal or fabulous looking mocktail, we are naturally excited to share that with others. As part of it, also what we want to appear, that we have better lives than we actually have, and sharing a beautiful or exciting gives the experience that this is our normal day life and not just a one-off. The full list is as follows. 1. Cafe Strange Brew, Pollock Shores, 19.6 followers on Instagram. 2. Market Coffee Glasgow, Caf Cart, 12.7 followers on Instagram. For coffee lovers, this is the best place to share a picture of your Insta-worthy coffee on your story or post. Enjoy a sweet treat alongside it for the perfect coffee experience. 3. Paper Cup Coffee Company Hillhead, 8.3 followers on Instagram. Enjoy the perfect brunch along with a cup of coffee that is too hard to resist taking a pic for Instagram. With tasty food and beverages like this, it's not hard to imagine why people are coming here. 4. The Glad Cafe Pollock Shores, 6.2 followers on Instagram. With live music and great food and drink, this cafe has been on the go for years. With more of its an indie-style theme, it's certainly a great background for a post on Instagram. 5. Purple Cat Cafe Twongate, 6k followers on Instagram. Enjoy your food and drink by being surrounded by these furry creatures. The layout of a cafe makes you feel at home with these lovable cats. Maybe even take a pic of these adorable creatures for Instagram. 6. Milk Cafe Strathbungal 3.2 followers on Instagram The cafe goes to all lengths with this more than Instagram worthy dish. There's no question why people would love to come here just for a cafe alone. 7. Kelvin Grove Cafe Kelvin Grove 2.6 followers on Instagram Visit one of the most Instagramable places in Glasgow. Enjoy a bite to eat, but before you dig in, make sure you to get a good pic of the Instagram. Who would blame you? 8. In Deep West End 2.5 followers on Instagram The pub is perfect for a night out with friends and enjoying the environment, and a drink or two and snap a few pics for Instagram. 9. The Shop of Interest City Centre 1.2 followers on Instagram 10. Linium Cafe, Kelvin Side, 1.2 followers on Instagram. This unique cafe not only offers the usual beverage and cake, but also sells designer bikes and accessories. There's a perfect opportunity for a perfect Instagram caption with a pic of you next to one of the bikes. If you are blind or partially sighted, or know somebody who is, they may be eligible to receive a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio, where our daily podcasts are available. To qualify for a free permanent loan from BWBF, you need to be resident in the UK, registered blind or partially sighted, over the age of 8, and in receipt of a means-tested benefit, or have a parent or guardian in receipt if you are under 18. If you think you qualify, you can find your local agent at www.blind.org.uk, and remember, when setting up the player, Ask for the Cune Review channels. Now, back to the main programme. For Evening Times, 22nd of March 2019, Neil Lennon wants to give forgotten man Scott Allen game time. The midfielder has not made a competitive appearance for Celtic this season, 
and will head to Hibs after signing a pre-contract agreement with Leafside in January. Ironically, it was Neil Lennon who oversaw that deal when he was a Hibs manager, and he believes that Allen was something to offer for Celtic. Allen has made just three starts for Celtic and has made just 16 appearances in total for the Parkhead side since signing in 2015, but he could be set to feature for Celtic for the first time this term if a Parkhead side clinched for league early. For midfielder, a final feature for Celtic for season took a knock last month in the second leg of the club's Europa League tie against Valencia and has since been out of action. He has set to return, although there are question marks over David Boyata and Nia Bitten, who have both picked up knocks. Callum has been training, so he'll come back into connection for the game on Sunday, said Lennon. There are a couple of doubts over Boyata and Bitten, but they're hoping they'll be OK. The rest is pretty much as you were. In the evening times, sport, recorded on the 22nd of March 2019, how Alfredo Morelos has gone from meddling to Rangers' multi-million pound man, by group senior sports writer Christopher Jack. The story is one of rags to riches, a journey of determination as much as talent. Alfredo Morelos has gone from meddling to Rangers' multi-million pound man. He may always have believed it possible, but few of those that saw the striker in his formative years could have imagined his rise and rise. Now he stands on the brink of further international honours and a transfer deal that could make him the most expensive player ever to leave Scottish football. It can be said with certainty that Morales will move on from Rangers in the future, but little is known about his past. It is easy to see what makes the Colombian the player he is, yet harder to understand what has shaped Morales the man. The only reason we kind of knew about him here was because he was with the under-20s, and this must have been around 2015-2016, Carl Warswick, a British journalist based in Bogota, told Sport Times. He was in the under-20s team, but he was awful. He looked really raw and a bit lost. Nobody really knew who he was. So when he went to Finland, he took everyone by surprise. When you go to Finland from Colombia, you're going for the money and the experience, and you don't expect to progress your career. When he left, he dropped off the radar completely. It was that move to HJK Helsinki that opened the doors to Europe for Morales, and the 22-year-old had certainly made the most of his opportunity. The rest, they say, is history. A handful of appearances in the Colombian Cup are his only real moments of note in South America. It was Hernan Dario Gomez, the man who led Panama to the World Cup last summer, that saw potential Morales. But what he perceived as a lack of opportunities resulted in his departure from independent Medellin. On the park, Morales hasn't looked back, but he has never forgotten where he is from and has often spoken in his homeland about his desire to represent his country. He returned to Caret after the Old Firm win in December to take part in a game in his honour and was given a medal by the mayor following the match against local side Akel Atletico Cordoba. Pictured alongside his mother Marfa and his father Alfredo Sr., a fruit seller from the town, the pride was clear to see. From hardship and humble beginnings, Morales has become a hero at home in Ibrox. They come from the Colombian coast up near Panama, which is a massive danger area, Warswick said. It is actually not too far away from where Juan Cajadro grew up and his dad was murdered. It is a problem region and he didn't have it easy at all. A lot of his coaches were saying that when he was a kid he didn't have enough money to pay to go to school. Didn't have enough money for boots or shin pads. 
One of the coaches saw he had a bit of talent and offered to help him out of course. He didn't have an easy upbringing it seems, but he seems very driven. The determination, now will to win, has been evident in Morales since he was brought to Rangers by Pedro Caizina after a recommendation from Jonathan Johansson. And each of his managers have faced the same test when it comes to controlling his inbuilt emotions. The rough edges, the moments of madness, are still there, but the positives have always outweighed the negatives for those that try to nurture Morales. There was one moment when he was playing for his local youth side, and without telling his manager, he went for a trial at Medellin, one of the bigger teams in the country, and where Jackson Martinez started out. Warswick said, The manager punished him and said he wasn't playing again, but all the players said he was so important for the team, and they needed him, so the manager changed his mind and brought him back in. A year later, he got a move to Medellin. When Morales decided to leave behind all that he had ever known and travelled to Helsinki, he wasn't just stepping out of his comfort zone on the pitch. Life would never be the same again, but from relative poverty he is now prospering. His temperament and short fuse are too readily highlighted by his detractors, but he is mentally stronger than many give him credit for. He has had to be. That takes some character to knuckle down when you leave home at such a young age, Warzak said. I think he struggled a bit when he first arrived in Finland, but now look at him, it is quite incredible. I didn't see it coming, but it is very impressive. He sounds very streetwise, he can't erase your past in some ways, that probably helps him, and a Colombian footballer dropping into the Scottish league. He could have disappeared into the shadows, that tough upbringing must have stood him in good stead. Unknown when he arrived at Rangers, Morales' name now reverberates around Ibux as supporters serenade El Buffalo to the music of Bob Marley. His dreams of playing in England or on the continent is shared by many of his countrymen, but the success rate is small. Morales has ability to realise his childhood ambitions now. Whenever I speak to coaches, they pretty much always say the same thing, and that Colombian players have all the technique and talent to do well in Europe, Warzuk said, but so many of them, when they go out there, aren't prepared mentally or psychologically, and they often complain about missing their family, the food isn't what they like, and life isn't what they are used to, so they end up getting lost and depressed. When he did make a bit of success of it in Finland, there were people tracking his progress, and he got the move to Rangers. He is a player that has taken an unconventional route, but he has become a massive success and taken everyone by surprise. The guidance of Steven Gerrard this season has helped Morales take his game to a new level and his performances and potential have been rewarded as he gets set to join a rare group of players to break through the vertigo barrier in light blue. A new contract signed earlier this month, the second he has penned this season, has benefited the player and the club as Rangers brace themselves for interest to come in the end of the season. Further international experience would only increase Morales' value and he will be given a chance to add his solitary cap against Japan and South Korea in the coming days after being called up by new boss Carlos Cleros. The Copa America is this year and the manager said this week that he is just having a look at him, Warswick said. He is part of this renewal process and if he impresses he could be in the squad. That is an area where Colombia aren't very strong. Carlos Baca is on the wane. Falcao is still scoring, but everyone realises that his best years are behind him, especially with all the injuries. Nobody has sort of emerged, and Alfredo Morelos is the key candidate, really, to be banging goals in Europe, to say I am the next one to be given a go. A few years ago, Colombia were quite blessed with strikers, but these days not so much. He has got his foot in the door, and he could be one of the strikers for the Copa America. By Group Senior Sports Writer, Christopher Jack. Remember, 
This weekly digest programme is just a selection of what we produce. You can access more daily content online for free at qandreview.com forward slash free podcasts for free daily podcasts of the Herald Scotland and Evening Times and weekly digests of the National and Inside Soap magazine. Alternatively, you can access all of these services via a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio player. Now, back to the main programme. The Evening Times, 28th of March 2019. James McMartin, Glasgow man meets paramedics who saved his life. James McMartin was walking from a pub on Dumbarton Road around 9.30pm in September of last year when he was attacked. The 47-year-old was left with a severe brain injury and a shattered jaw after being set upon by a man who punched and kicked him before throwing him into ongoing traffic. The lorry driver avoided being hit by any vehicles, but suffered a shattered jaw and three blood clots to the brain after being struck on the ground several times. He had two metal plates inserted into his lower jaw. However, thanks to a swift response by the Scottish Ambulance Service crew, manned by paramedics Nicky Webster and Lorraine Ruffin, who arrived within minutes, he received emergency medical attention. James was reunited with the pair recently and only now has just been able to speak about the attack. Recalling a day, he said I was in a public bar. I had been to a pal's funeral, he said. I went to the pub where the wake was held. I left about 9pm that evening just to go home. I had finished my pint and after leaving the pub I was walking at the corner of Dumbarton Road and Peel Street and was at the junction when I was seriously assaulted by someone. It was just a random... He was in a pub previously and left about 15 minutes before I left. I was walking home and had just come round a corner. He started to punch and kick me while I was on the ground. He was punching me in the head. James says he remembers little of a day. His attacker subsequently is sentenced to 28 months in jail. A judge described it as a serious assault, which was devastating for the victim. James has only learned what happened in the aftermath. His attacker admitted assaulting James to a severe injury and to a danger of his life under provocation. After Nicky and Lynn, along another crew member, assessed his injuries, he was rushed to Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. He had emergency operation before spending three days in a hospital's intensive care unit and a further two weeks in hospital. After returning home, he has since been recovering very, very slowly, including attending sessions at a brain injury clinic in Glasgow. Since the assault, James, a lorry driver by trade, has had his licence revoked by the DVLA, given the severity of his brain injury. He is considering now becoming a paramedic. He said, I don't remember a thing about the assault. I remember finishing a pint, and the next thing I remember is waking up in hospital. Once I was out of intensive care, people in a pub came to me and told me what happened. I was disgusted. It was very scary. I was told by the nurses as well. I did not think I was going to make it through the night, I was in a bad state. I was really, really in a bad way. I was full of drugs from the ambulance crew. Speaking about the response, the SAS emergency responders said they saved my life from that day. He continued, I don't think in their line of work they get the opportunity to receive a thanks for what they do. If they did not get me to hospital quickly, it could have been different. That made a difference without a doubt. I know it's their job but they're fantastic. I will be forever grateful. 
James also thanked the surgeon who performed his operation and dental surgeon who inserted two metal plates into his lower jaw. In the Evening Times, Sport, recorded on the 25th of March, 2019. Eric I still get goosebumps when I think of playing for Celtic against Rangers, by football writer Alison McConnell. Eric Zviatchenko left Celtic in January 2018, but Celtic will never entirely leave Zviatchenko. They were kind enough to give me a Celtic TV login, smiled the Danish defender, so I'm never far away. If there is a wistful sense that he could still be front and centre rather than being on the outside looking in, the 27-year-old isn't for humouring it. A staple of the invincible side in Brendan Rodgers' inaugural season at Celtic, Zviatchenko made 43 appearances for the Parkhead side as they went on to make history with an unbeaten clean sheet that culminated with Tom Rodgers' dramatic winner at a monsoon-like Camden against Aberdeen. But from there on in, however, it was a slow uncoupling as he faded from the picture and Dedrick Boyata rose to first-team prominence. His last appearance for the club was to limp off during a Champions League qualifier against Rosenborg in August 2017. In total, he turned out 63 times for Celtic. There is a feeling among some observers that Rodgers was hasty in allowing the player to return to FC Michelin in his native Denmark, on loan last January, a move that became permanent in the summer window, but Sviantchenko harbours no ill will, and nor does he believe that Celtic fans should have any real beef with Rodgers following his shock exit to Leicester in the Premier League at the end of February. I am a very positive person, said Sviantchenko. I don't look back and think of my time at Celtic as anything sour. It was a beautiful experience for me and for my family. I loved it. I have Brendan to thank for some of the biggest games of my career. I played Champions League football and fulfilled a dream of mine to play in that environment. That invincible season was so special and I have amazing memories of it. There was a bit of me that wondered why. I don't really know why it came to an end for me. But I have a lot to be thankful for, so I am... Not sore that I did not get more time, but rather grateful for the time that I had. And I think in time that Celtic fans will see the entirety of Brendan's time at the club that way too. He brought Champions League football back. He brought an exciting brand of football. And he won seven trophies out of seven. He put a smile on a lot of people's faces. I understand why people were so disappointed, but you have to remember what the past few seasons have felt like for a Celtic supporter. For those same supporters of a certain vintage, there was an unwelcome resurfacing of an old and unwelcome feeling when Rodgers' side were beaten at Ibrox at the end of December. It was the only time Rodgers lost to Rangers throughout his time at Celtic, but that one defeat in the last 13 meetings is one that Sviatchenko suspects will have lingered over the current squad. There will be a number of Celtic players involved in the derby who have yet to experience it before with Sviatchenko insistent that the most important bit of advice dispensed before the game is to stay calm. The defender's first experience of the game was bittersweet. He came off the bench at Hampden to score, only for Celtic to lose on penalties to Rangers in a Scottish Cup semi-final that brought down the curtain on Ronnie Dila's career. And he will be interested to see how the likes of Oliver Burke, Timothy Wee and Jeremy Tolgin will fare in an environment he is confident will be like little else they will have experienced. I still have goosebumps when I think of the games against Rangers, said Zviatchenko. I would say it is up there with the top five games in the world. It made me proud to have been a little part of it, to have had that chance to savour that intensity. A game that is such an important historical fixture. There is not the same political feeling around it as there might have been many years ago, but there is always a feeling that you are a part of something that is very important.
You just have to win it. That is the only prevailing feeling that matters. Celtic have been on top for so many years and I think so many would have forgotten what it felt like to walk out of the game on the losing side. And that is not pleasant. I think the fact Celtic lost in December and they played poorly in their own standards in this fixture will give the game a bit of an edge. But they are 10 points clear now and I think there really isn't a huge amount of pressure on them. Every individual prepares differently for a game, but from the minute you walk out of the tunnel to warm up for a game against Rangers, there is a different feel to the afternoon. You can sense it. For me, I always tried to stay calm, keep my focus and concentrate on the game plan and what I had to do. But every touch in the opening minutes is intense. Cheers or jeers or boos or whatever. Everything feels accentuated in the first few minutes of the game. It's almost after the game that you enjoy it rather than when you are actually in it. Zyachenko bucks the tried football stereotype. The son of a Ukrainian artist, the defender and his brother Philip run an art fashion blog and much of his time in Glasgow was spent in galleries or walking around the city in order to appreciate the varying and historical architecture. It is intriguing then to wonder what he might have made of Scott Brown's rousing huddle team talks. Zyachenko laughs at the question but obs for the omerta of the dressing room. What goes on in the huddle stays private, he smiled. The only... One thing I will say is that when you break from the huddle and hear that huge roar, you feel like you are ready for anything. You feel like you are capable of anything. A return to Glasgow too is imminent. The player and his wife Anne have just welcomed their baby daughter, Clara, and Sviatchenko is keen that they return as a family to a city that he expects to enjoy a lifelong connection with. If there seems something unusual in his emotional attachment to the club and the city, Sviatchenko sought to articulate the reasons why. My son, William, was born in Glasgow, and it is a place that we will always return to, he explained. We were back for a visit in December, and I think there was so much of Glasgow that resonated with us. Like the experience of the club, it was intense. The whole city lifted me to a place, and a standing I didn't know I had. In Glasgow, if you play for Celtic, then people adore you. I'm just a normal person, but I fell a little bit in love with that. We had two wonderful years there. We developed as a family, and developed as humans, and I played some of the biggest games of my career. I love being part of it, and I think I will always have a little bit of Glasgow under my skin. By football writer Alison McConnell. For Evening Times, 28th of March 2019, Shettleston Road scores near bottom of UK Retail League. What do locals think? Shettleston Road in the East End is ranked 987th on the list of 1,000 shopping streets compiled by retail property consultancy Harper Dennis Hobbs. HDA. For 2019 HDA rankings evaluated the retail health of a shopping area based on the number of high-end and discount stores. For rates of vacant shops and a number of less desirable stores such as pawnbrokers, moneylenders and bookmarkers. But as the unwanted anarchy deserved, the Evening Times visited the street to find out. Angela McIntyre, who lives near Shetterton Road, said, I think it's a good place to shop because people come from all these different places to shop here. There's plenty of shops you wouldn't be short of choice, depending what you wanted, hairdressers or pubs. Regarding some empty stores, she added, there are all these empty shops, offices and all these people are homeless. So why not open them up and make them into flats to help for people? It is a disgrace. Business owner Karen Jeds, who has run Hello Petal Florists on Shefton Road for five years, said it's easy feast of fame when it came to the custom. I would like to see Shefton Road a lot better, 
a wee bit more diversity instead of just always barbers and takeaways. I think a lot of it is down to money for a lot of folks as well. If money's tight, you're not going to get a lot of nice shops in that area, she said. Pony Busby has owned a barber shop on the road for nearly 40 years. Six months ago, he opened an ice cream and pizza restaurant opposite his barber's called Nello's. Blair Hibusby's son said there's nothing like this on the street. There aren't many places where you can sit in and have a meal and things like that. People like it. We haven't had a negativity towards it. I think people are happy it's not another pub or hairdresser. It's been a good six months, tricky at the start, but because we are a new business, now we're starting to get better and it's starting to pick up. Standing next to a shop that was in the process of being fitted out as a barber's, Janet and Michelle both said there were too many on the road. It's not very good at all. There are too many takeaways, too many barbers and not enough general shops. We could do with a lot more shoe shops, clothes shops, things like that really, Janet said. There are a lot of barbers. We don't need any barbers, Michelle added. Renfrew to the rest of Glasgow ranked even worse than Shetterton Road, coming in at 993. The index also showed major cities grew up in a retail quality such as Birmingham, Oxford and Glasgow. Glasgow City Centre made it into the top 50 UK retail centres and was ranked 33rd on the index. HDH said for growth in major cities shows consumers and retailers still prefer strong retail centres rather than the smaller satellite centres such as neighbouring high streets. Jonathan DeMello, head of retail consultancy at Harper Dennis Hobbs, said the changing face of high street means retailers need to be confident in their investment is likely to pay off. Quality retailers don't want to be surrounded by empty units, discount stores and betting shops, which are a clear indicator of deprivation in the area. While the big cities and most prominent shopping malls should absolutely be a key priority for retailer trading in the UK, this research highlights a fact that small flourishing towns and suburbs can be viable retail locations, particularly as rents are typically more affordable. Q and Review Print Speaking to the Blind are a charity based in Bishop Briggs. We're currently looking to recruit volunteer access to audio ambassadors in Eastern Bartonshire to place leaflets and business cards at businesses, shops and amenities in the area and to show the public how to listen to daily and weekly online articles from the Herald Scotland, Evening Times, The National and Inside Soap magazine for free. If you would like to volunteer and become an access to audio ambassador, please contact Michael Rankin on 0141 772 3976 or email aaatl at qandreview.com. That's aaatl at qandreview.com. In addition, we are also recruiting for volunteer readers and technicians. If you're interested in reading or technically supporting a recording team, please contact us on 0141-772-3976 or email information at qandreview.com. Details of all of our volunteering opportunities are available on our website at qandreview.com. Thank you. Now, back to the main programme. Evening Times News Recorded on the 27th of March, 2019 Mary Hill tenants urged to report concerns about district heating scheme by senior reporter Caroline Wilson. 
Tenants who were disconnected from the district heating scheme after running up fuel debts are being urged to attend a public meeting. The Winford Tenants Association has arranged a community event next week following concerns highlighted in the Evening Times about the number of disconnections and debt recovery processes enacted by heating provider SSE. The Evening Times reported how the energy supplier had been demanding a £274 reconnection fee and 50% of any outstanding debt from customers in Winford who had their communal heating and hot water supply cut off. After talks between Mr Doris, the citizen advice, and the landlord Cube Housing, SSE agreed to a plan to connect some homes, but it is unclear how many tenants remain disconnected. Energy regulator Ofgem has been asked to investigate, and a public meeting has also now been organised by One for Tenants Association, WTA, on April 4th at 7.30pm at the Hub. Nick Jury of WTA said, We want to test to see how many people are affected and whether this is something we should be tying into our organising drive. Heating and hot water are always collective issues in the Winford, as there is a combined heat and power system. Previously, the Winford Residents Association, which preceded the WTU, won a negotiated settlement for low-energy users following a complex negotiation and campaign. It appears that new issues have arisen, however, and we want to get to the bottom of this and find out how many people are affected and provide support to those up against it. Mr Jury said concerns had also been raised about the impact of a change from pay-as-you-go key meters to quarterly billing. He said, This also coalesced with a new standing charge, which I think is 44p a day. So what we are finding is that people who are used to managing their money on a weekly basis are now in the position of getting quite monstrous bills, which are mainly standing charges. I met a woman today, Tuesday, who stays in temporary accommodation. Her rent is £1,100 and she used £5 of heating over that quarter, but her bill is £50. I think SSE have done too many changes at once. The standing charge has gone up, the reconnection fee. These are all new things that have been introduced. The heating itself is good. The houses are warm. There is no question of that when tenants can afford to heating their homes. But there has always been an issue with the standing charge. A spokeswoman for Cube Housing said, We are here to help any tenant on the Winford Estate who has been disconnected or who is threatened with disconnection by SSE for not paying their bills. We can offer our tenants a wide range of support, including fuel advice, and help to make sure they are claiming all the benefits that they are entitled to. We also encourage them to engage with the energy company and to set up a payment plan. As part of our ongoing involvement, we check if a tenant is vulnerable and alert to the energy company if this is the case, which prevents disconnection. By senior reporter Caroline Wilson. But even in times, 28th of March 2019, Nightwood's fire, man dead after Kirkton Avenue highways blaze. Emergency services were called at 5.50am on Tuesday to report of a fire at a multi-storey block on Kirkton Avenue. One man was taken to the Queen Elizabeth Hospital where he later died. Police Scotland have now confirmed. A police spokesman said the fire has not been treated as suspicious and a report will be submitted to a procurator fiscal. It is a fourth fire breakout in a multi-storey building in less than two years. Visible smoke damage could be seen above one of the windows on the tenth floor of the south side of the building. The residents told the Evening Times the fire broke out on the sixth or seventh floor. Resident Caroline Baldwin has lived in a building for 18 years and lives on the 12th floor. 
She told the Evening Times there had been two fires in the building over the past 18 months and spoke of her worries after 72 people died in a huge tower block in West London in June 2017. She added we had the heads of the GHA out to us for the first time after what happened in London, Glenfell, assuring everyone the building won't go up. The cladding is different from one in London, but we don't know what's happening. The fire at the 24-storey building was confined to one flat, according to Glasgow Housing Association, GHA, who own the building. A GHA spokesperson said our thoughts are with the friends and family of the man who had died. We are continuing to talk to residents in the block, offering information, advice and reassurance about other measures we have in place to help keep him safe. The last fire in the building occurred on December 30th, 2018, when 23 firefighters battled to put out a blaze that broke out in the flat. One person was taken to hospital after the fire broke out around 3.40am. In January 2018, fire crews were called to the building at 6.17am after a bed purportedly caught fire. Two casualties were treated at the scene and one was taken to hospital. The Evening Times. Sport. Recorded on the 27th of March, 2019. Nottingham Forest legend Des Walker reckons Rangers' loan switch has been the perfect learning curve for Joe Worrell. By group senior sports writer Christopher Jack. Des Walker has always known that Joe Worrell had the talent to make it in the game. Now he can see that the defender has the mentality as well. The Nottingham Forest legend understands the pressure and expectations at the city ground, as well as anyone as players of today are judged against achievements of the past. That is the same at Rangers. Walker may never have pulled on a light blue jersey, but he is acutely aware of the demands that come from playing at a club where second is a failure. So the 53-year-old was pleased to see one of the men that could attempt to bring success back to Forest one day. Make a move that would give him an insight into what is required both on the pitch and off it. He is playing for a great club in Rangers, and it is an amazing move for a young kid. Walker said of World's loan stint at Ibrox, It is a big step for him to be playing in front of that amount of fans, of that amount of pressure. It puts you in good stead. I think he is enjoying it, and they are competing well. It has been a while since they went down the divisions, and they have come back up and game by game, you can see that Rangers are getting there. People like Joe, it is a great move for him, because he is in the stepping stone of getting Rangers back to where they belong. I think for every professional footballer, it is sink or swim. Once you are out there, you are there on your own, whatever club you are at. You have got to produce, it is as simple as that. Steven Gerrard is only interested in people that can help that team get to where he wants them to get, and that is the pressure we all have. He is coping with it well, but every game will be a new experience for him. Nowadays we kind of expect players to be able to adapt, but it takes time and every game is a learning curve. You don't stop learning until you are finished. I am pleased for him. I remember watching him as a 10-year-old, and he has gone a long way, playing in front of Rangers fans every week. It must be a fantastic feeling. Worrell has never been short of admirers south of the border. He was part of the England side that won the Toulon tournament in 2017, while Burnley had an £11 million offer for his services rejected in January last year. His reputation is more mixed north of the border, however. The faith that Stephen Gerrard has in him is undoubted, but supporters have often been quick to criticise this term.
When Warhol has made mistakes at Rangers, they have been pounced upon by opposition attackers and his detractors. For Walker, it's all part of his learning curve. The Forest fans are demanding as well. They think that every team should win European Cups, he said. They have had good stock in the past, so they are demanding, and that will stand them in good stead. But it is a step up at Rangers, and people sometimes tend to think Scottish football isn't the same as English football. But it is competitive, and when you get into the big clubs, the expectation is of a Liverpool or Manchester United. You will have never experienced that before, and that is tough because everything is highlighted when you play for Rangers, and every mistake you make, the whole city knows you have made a mistake. Sometimes when you play for Forest, it is only the Forest fans that know. There, the whole of Scotland knows about it. That is where the step up is massive, and where the learning curve is. If you make a mistake, you have to put it aside and move on, and that is a hard thing to do when there are 50,000 people there. With the end of the campaign now in sight, World's thoughts will soon have to turn to his longer-term future, and where he will be playing his football next season. Forrest boss O'Neill was frustrated in his attempts to recall the Englishman during the January transfer window, and there could well be a place for Worrell in his squad going forward. Whatever Worrell opts to do, wherever he pulls on his boots, Walker is confident he has the attributes to impress and continue his progress in the game. It is difficult for me to decide, that is for him to decide, what is best for his career and the way he prefers, he said. From my point of view, I would want to be playing football, so I'm going to stay where I'm playing. It is as simple as that, Rangers is not the second best. That would be a bigger option to me, if I was there playing and the manager wanted me. For me personally, where am I going? But he has to make that decision because Nottingham Forest is also a big club and are getting on. If he feels he can come back, get in that team and make a difference, he has got two options. He has been through a lot for a young player. He has been in and out of teams and had great runs. And he has had times where he wasn't at his best. That is the experience. You are learning and he is only 22. At that age, we tend to think people are young. In football, you could be nearly a quarter of the way through your career. Are you young? He is man enough and old enough to make his decisions about where he feels comfortable and it is best left to him to judge that. Big up senior sports writer Christopher Jack. For Evening Times, 26 March 2019. Hunt for folks who broke into pensioners' homes in Western Bartonshire. On Sunday, two incidents were reported to police by pensioners. Between 6.15pm and 9pm, a house in Jamestown was targeted, while hours earlier, between 9.30am and 2.15pm, another house was broken into in Diamond Road, Balak. It is not yet known if the incidents are connected, however, Clydebank Police urged residents to be vigilant. Anyone of information is asked to contact police on 101 or Crime Stoppers on 0800 where anonymity can be maintained. This is the end of Part 1. After a short break, we'll be coming back in Part 2 with more great articles from the Evening Times. Visually impaired people are being invited to see if they are eligible for a free, specially adapted radio from a charity. The British Wireless for the Blind Fund, BWBF, provides the equipment to those with sight loss around the UK who meet its criteria. Radio is a lifeline to those who are blind and partially sighted, providing companionship and helping them to keep in touch with what's going on in the world, as well as in the local community. BWBF offers equipment free of charge to those who have sight loss and are in receipt of a means-tested benefit. 
BWBF is launching its Reaching Out campaign to try and increase awareness about their equipment and help more people who are blind and partially sighted. Our regional development manager, Sophie Weldon, said, Our radios are designed so that a person with sight loss can use them easily and independently. All equipment is delivered to the home by a volunteer who sets it all up and provides support in using it. We offer a range of equipment, digital radios, CD players, memory stick players, internet radio and even a specially designed app. Our radios are vital to someone who cannot see. They provide news, information and entertainment, but also more importantly companionship and a friendly service. If you or someone you know is interested in a BWBF radio, please contact Sophie Weldon at sophie at blind.org.uk that is s-o-p-h-i-e at b-l-i-n-d dot org dot uk or phone 01283-790-208 that's 01283-790-208 or on 07540-724-063 that is 07540-724-063 To find out more about the British Wireless for the Blind Fund, follow us on Twitter at British Wireless, like us on Facebook, or go to blind.org.uk. Now, back to the main programme. Welcome back. The headlines in part two. Hotel room cost in Glasgow, fastest rising in UK. John Harston, Neil Lennon will impress for Celtic board by beating Rangers. Rangers as Daniel Candias, refs must protect Alfredo Morelos from provocation. Lee McCulloch, Stephen Gerrard needs to replicate Ibrox blueprint for Rangers to win at Parkhead. Maryhill tenants urged to report concerns about district heating scheme. Glasgow Food Pantry's project to be expanded to help people access affordable fresh food. John Harson, Derby days in the stands can be beaten. I'll be there on Sunday. East Kilbride brothers jailed for brutal assaults at Glasgow Reading. Derek Johnston, it would be great to see Rangers kids get Scotland caps. Glasgow school entrance, should middle class areas use a ballot system. Paige Doherty's Clydebank murder site to reopen as a deli again. Lee McCulloch. Parkhead win would be important mental step for Rangers after nine-year wait. McDonald's reveal plan for store at Glasgow's Tory Glen Asda. Scott Bain. Ticket allocation will boost Celtic's chances, but I'd like more Rangers fans at Parkhead. Elderly woman in hospital after robbery in Castle Milk. Boxer promises bride, I won't turn up with black eye, as he fights night before wedding. Aaron Campbell. Elisa McPhail's killer sentencing in full. The Evening Times News Recorded on the 27th of March, 2019 Hotel room cost in Glasgow fastest rising in UK By political correspondent Stuart Patterson The cost of a hotel room in Glasgow has increased faster than anywhere else in the UK in the last year. More tourists, conferences and business travellers coming to the city has also led to more rooms being available as hotel chains continue to open in the city. The report by PwC found the number of hotel rooms in Glasgow has grown by more than 10% in a year to more than 11,000. Events like Transmit and the ongoing success of the Hydro have also been cited as boosting the hotel trade with music fans booking overnight stays in the city. 
The trend is set to continue with more hotels planned to open this year and next. Claire Reid, Head of Retail and Leisure for PwC in Scotland said, Glasgow had an exceptional 2018, becoming the fastest growing city in the UK in terms of average daily rate. The opening of almost 1,000 new rooms has led to a reduction in RevPAR, revenue per available room, but with the lure of the SSE Hydro and the Transmit Music Festival, along with the success of the city's ongoing international charm offensive, we can expect a strong 2019 with an additional 1,400 new rooms, opening in 2019 and 2020. The Glasgow average price rise of 6.1% to £76.52 per night was three times higher than the UK national average of 1.7%. While Glasgow grew, Edinburgh stayed static and the capital was more expensive at £103 per night, the most expensive outside London. Radisson Red opened last year close to the SEC and Hydro with a £30 million 174-bedroom hotel overlooking the River Clyde. Travelodge opened at 7th Hotel in Glasgow this year and has plans for five more, creating hundreds of jobs. Ireland's biggest hotel group, Dalata, is planning a new 300-bedroom hotel in Renfrew Street. And Native Hotels opened in the Anchor Line building with 64 apartment hotel rooms in December last year. By political correspondent Stuart Patterson. For Evening Times, 26 March 2019. John Hartston, Neil Lennon will impress for Celtic board by beating Rangers. His appointment is not written in stone. He'll be the favourite for all sorts of reasons after all. He is doing a job right now. But nothing is certain, not in football. I have heard a few comments among supporters in recent times along the lines of, We love Lenny. But maybe it's time to go about someone brand new. For Celtic support, a split. My old captain, a club legend of course, is as popular as anyone in the club. Ralph thankful he stepped up when Brendan Rodgers left. Some would prefer a fresh start from when the next season comes around. I think everyone knows what I think of Neil, but I don't make the big decisions at Celtic Park. All the man can do is win the league and a Scottish Cup. Do that, and it'll be difficult for them not to give him a job. And all of this makes Sunday and a visit of Rangers even more interesting. Neil will not want to give the board, when it comes to the big meeting, a chance to point out games which didn't go his way, and use that excuse not to stick with him. Beat Rangers, and beat them convincingly, wrap up the league within the next few weeks, and then it's a cup final, presuming they get past Aberdeen, which won't be easy, then surely he gets a job. If there are some inside Celtic Park who would like to go for someone brand new for next season, they'll be left with a headache if the interim manager produces. The captain, I am sure, will be a lot better this Sunday. Rangers will see the real Scott Brown at Parkhead. Having Kean Tierney back is key. Not only is he one of our best players and provital to what so much of a team does, it will also mean Callum McGregor starting a midfield and not a left-back, a decision which doesn't make any more sense months later. Tom Rodgick has been missed and is now fit. There is nobody else quite like him. For where he can turn an opponent, his dribbling and shooting ability, the Australian loves playing against Rangers. He had no game time for almost two months, but I wonder if Lennon will ask him to go out there for an hour and try to run with Rangers' defence ragged, as he has done so many times before. Whatever team he goes with, Lennon needs to win, and I think he will. The Evening Times 
Sport. Recorded on the 22nd of March, 2019. Rangers as Daniel Candias. Refs must protect Alfredo Morales from provocation. Daniel Candias, the Rangers winger, has urged officials to give Alfredo Morales protection rather than preemptive warnings, claiming the explosive attacker is subject to incessant provocation in the Scottish game. The 31-year-old heaved a sigh of relief this week as it emerged that the Columbia internationalist would not face any retrospective active for his clash with Kilmarnock defender Kirk Broadfoot on Saturday. Broadfoot appeared to rake his studs into the heel of Morelos, prompting the striker to push the XGR stopper. However, neither player was subsequently charged, and Rangers' as principal attacking threat will be free to face Celtic in their next fixture. Nevertheless, the incident has only served to further persuade Candias that Morelos is constantly targeted by opposition, defenders, and he has urged SPFL referees to stamp down on the incitement. He even claimed that some whistlers have told the former HJK Helsinki man to keep his cool before a ball is even kicked. People say Alfredo has too many red cards, but in every game the players provoke Alfredo, said the Portuguese. The referees can help him in the matches. People look too much at Alfredo. The referees look too much at Alfredo. When the game starts, the referees speak to Alfredo. Hey, easy today. But all the time, the players provoke him. When you are 22 years old, you need to have a strong mentality, but it's a normal reaction to the provocations. He is emotional, and there are so many emotions in the game. This season, he has too many red cards, of course, but I think it will help Alfredo in future years. He's like Diego Costa. He needs to stay in the game of provocations. Morales is giving his marching orders on the opening day of the Ladbrokes Premiership campaign by referee Kevin Clancy for kicking out at Scott McKenna, a decision that will later be overturned by an independent disciplinary panel on appeal. He has gone on to receive 15 yellow cards and 4 reds this term, however Candace believes that curtain raiser in the Granite City was a sign of things to come. At the start of the season in Aberdeen, Alfredo did nothing. All the time McKenna provoked Alfredo, continued Candace. All the players against Rangers, I don't know, they have so much anger for Rangers and Alfredo. Asked whether he believed that perceived goading of Morelos is a tactic he thinks Celtic will employ when the sides meet in 10 days' time, he added, maybe, maybe yes. Currently on international duty with Colombia, Morelos was pictured alongside superstar attackers Falcao and James Rodriguez as the South American nation launched their new kit ahead of upcoming friendlies against Japan and South Korea. It brought a smile from Candias, his closest friend in the dressing room, as native Spanish speakers, and he sees no reason why Morelos cannot one day be seen as in the same level as that duo. I think he can get to that level, he continued. It is important for him to play with guys like James Rodriguez and Falcao, who are great players in world football. When you work with people like that, then you will only improve more. Alfredo is still only 22 years of age. He can improve a lot. More goals, more consistency in the games. If he keeps working hard each week... I think he can become better in the next years. I think Rangers is a great club, and it has helped Alfredo a lot. However, Candace acknowledges that, in order to be mentioned in the same breath as Falcao and Rodriguez, he must ultimately leave Rangers, just not this summer. Alfredo doesn't change much. When he hears about stories saying he could move to another club or leave Rangers, he added, I think if he stays one more year in Scotland, it would be good for him. Of course, if you score goals like this season, maybe you leave Rangers for another club, and that's normal. Following the current international hiatus, Rangers' stuttering domestic campaign will resume with a mouth-watering trip to face Celtic, effectively their last chance to spark any semblance of a title race. 
Ten points separate the sides with eight games to play, but the former Benfica man is refusing to give up the goals despite a recent four-match winless streak. I don't think it is over. We have eight games left and we play against Celtic twice, so mathematically we can win it, he added. It has been a tough time for us because of course we want to win, but when teams play against Rangers, they give 200%. We can only look forward and look to the next game, recover the squad and be ready for the next challenge. Daniel Candias was speaking at Knockhill Racecourse at an event organised by league sponsors Ladbrokes. If you are blind or partially sighted, or know somebody who is, they may be eligible to receive a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio, where our daily podcasts are available. To qualify for a free permanent loan from BWBF, you need to be resident in the UK, registered blind or partially sighted, over the age of eight, and in receipt of a means-tested benefit, or have a parent or guardian in receipt if you are under 18. If you think you qualify, you can find your local agent at www.blind.org.uk and remember, when setting up the player, ask for the Cune Review channels. Now, back to the main programme. The Evening Times, 28th of March 2019. Lee McCulloch, Stephen Gerrard needs to replicate iBlock's blueprint for Rangers to reign at Parkhead. It is fascinating to think how an approach a third game of Celtic on Sunday, and I'd love to know how he is going to do about it. If you look at the winner Ibrox, that came from Rangers starting on the front foot being aggressive, getting a crowd behind him by winning their tackles, they set the tempo and they never looked back. But that was the stark contrast to the game at Celtic Park earlier in the season, when Rangers never really got going. They were better in the second half, but didn't do enough to take anything from it. If you're an opposition side going to Ibrox or Parkhead, you have to win your tackles early doors. You have to try and frustrate the players and get the fans to turn on them. I think Stephen will look at how well things worked for Rangers in the December game and try to replicate that this weekend. That is the kind of approach and game plan I expect to see from Rangers. I would be surprised if he didn't set out to press high, get the Celtic faces and win the battle by being aggressive with and without a ball. When Rangers lost to Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup, I don't think they were aggressive enough in the midfield. So I can see Ross McCoy coming into the team to add a bit of that needle he covers the ground well. He matches his runners and he is strong in a tackle. He is a really disciplined football player and character and he is good in the air so he can do his bit and set players both for and against. I think he could be one of the main men to help Rangers get performance and a result on the day. Parkhead is a very, very hard place to go and play. The atmosphere and old firm fixtures is always incredible and Rangers will face proven Celtic side. Stephen will know that from his derby experiences down south and he has had two old firms as a manager now. He will know what it takes and hopefully his side can produce on the day. Rangers haven't really been able to ask questions of Celtic and apply real sustained pressure. It might be too late for that this season and the gap is there for everyone to see. For the manager and the players, it is about trying to put as much pressure on Celtic as possible because for the last five or six years, they have had it all their own way and it has been pretty plain sailing. I am not going to say what if Rangers will win on Sunday. They will go on and win the league, but they will apply a wee bit of pressure. Rangers can only really look at themselves and take care of their business and Sunday is a huge game for them. The Evening Times News 
Recorded on the 27th of March, 2019, Maryhill tenants urged to report concerns about district heating scheme by senior reporter Caroline Wilson. Tenants who were disconnected from the district heating scheme after running up fuel debts are being urged to attend a public meeting. The Winford Tenants Association has arranged a community event next week following concerns highlighted in the Evening Times about the number of disconnections and debt recovery processes enacted by heating provider SSE. The Evening Times reported how the energy supplier had been demanding a £274 reconnection fee and 50% of any outstanding debt from customers in Winford who had their communal heating and hot water supply cut off. After talks between Mr Doris, the citizen advice, and the landlord Cube Housing, SSE agreed to a plan to connect some homes, but it is unclear how many tenants remain disconnected. Energy regulator Ofgem has been asked to investigate and a public meeting has also now been organised by one for Tenants Association, WTA, on April 4th at 7.30pm at the Hub. Nick Jury of WTA said, We want to test to see how many people are affected and whether this is something we should be tying into our organising drive. Heating and hot water are always collective issues in the Winford as there is a combined heat and power system. Previously, the Winford Residents Association, which preceded the WTU, won a negotiated settlement for low-energy users following a complex negotiation and campaign. It appears that new issues have arisen, however, and we want to get to the bottom of this and find out how many people are affected and provide support to those up against it. Mr Jury said concerns had also been raised about the impact of a change from pay-as-you-go key meters to quarterly billing. He said, this also coalesced with a new standing charge, which I think is 44p a day. So what we are finding is that people who are used to managing their money on a weekly basis are now in the position of getting quite monstrous bills, which are mainly standing charges. I met a woman today, Tuesday, who stays in temporary accommodation. Her rent is £1,100 and she used £5 of heating over that quarter, but her bill is £50. I think SSE have done too many changes at once. The standing charge has gone up, the reconnection fee, these are all new things that have been introduced. The heating itself is good, the houses are warm, there is no question of that when tenants can afford to heating their homes, but there has always been an issue with the standing charge. A spokeswoman for Cube Housing said, We are here to help any tenant on the Winford Estate who has been disconnected or who is threatened with disconnection by SSE for not paying their bills. We can offer our tenants a wide range of support, including fuel advice, and help to make sure they are claiming all the benefits that they are entitled to. We also encourage them to engage with the energy company and to set up a payment plan. As part of our ongoing involvement, we check if a tenant is vulnerable and alert to the energy company if this is the case, which prevents disconnection. By senior reporter Caroline Wilson. For Evening Times, 26 March 2019. Glasgow Food Pantry's project to be expanded to help people access affordable fresh food. Glasgow City Council is looking to set up community shops and food hubs across the city to help tackle food poverty and inequality. If a pilot scheme is approved, low-income families will be able to access fresh food and vegetables throughout a voucher scheme. In August 2018, the local authority agreed to conduct an inquiry into food inequality in Glasgow 
and look at steps to the city can take to prevent this row funding a long-term solution. In January this year, the council presented a report that demonstrated a food strategy is essential for Glasgow to help tackle food poverty. The pantry will be set up within two shop units, which have lain empty for years, where food is provided from fair share. No one will be referred, but the community will co-own the food store, staff and control how it's run. The local authorities say that food equality and poverty in Glasgow is one of the biggest public health challenges they face. Their claim that universal credit has made a problem worse and effective action needs to be taken. Data on the scale of food and quality across the city is likely to be an underestimated due to people feeling ashamed or embarrassed about how to access emergency support for hunger. There are already a diverse network of community food organisations across the city which help tackle social isolation and improve mental and physical health. Food banks act as an essential source of emergency support for hunger volunteers provide advice, support and signposting to other services. The Glasgow's Children Holiday Food Programme was set up in 2018 and reached more than 14,500 children last summer. The local authority will look at maximising the use of empty building within a community as a place to bring people together, cook food and share meals. Over the next three years, the council will continue to help individuals access healthy, nutritious food and develop a strategy which will help combat food inequality. The problems are expected to be discussed on Thursday. The Evening Times Sport Recorded on the 27th of March 2019 John Harson, Derby days in the stands can't be beaten. I'll be there on Sunday. By Evening Times columnist John Harson. The request went in to my colleagues some weeks ago, and they were expecting it. I promised I would cover someone's shift, no matter when and where. If I could get Sunday off, to be fair, to the good folk I work alongside, they did me a turn, and I'm all set. So, my son and I will be at Celtic Park as supporters on Sunday. I don't have to talk on the radio or appear on television. I can just be a fan. I can't wait. This is still the game for me. I don't care what anyone in England tries to say. This is the derby of all derbies. Whenever the fixture is coming up, I always try my best to make sure I'm off that day so I can go and watch with the wee men. I never get bored of them as a fan, which I have to say is a very different experience from being a player. I get far more nervous these days. No matter where either team in the league or who happens to be playing for Celtic and Rangers at the time, for a couple of hours there's nothing more important. I love that. As a player, I loved beating Rangers. I loved scoring the winning goals. Both happened a few times. Celtic should win on Sunday, but there were times when I played when we were the better team, but it was Rangers who came away happy. Whatever happens, however the game goes, it'll be tense, riveting, exciting, and the only thing people will be talking about for days to come. By Evening Times columnist, John Hartson. For Evening Times, 22nd of March, 2019. East Kilbride brothers jailed for brutal assaults at Glasgow Reading. Pavita and Amit Sigil attacked their victims as a queued for a taxi in Glasgow plush Pollock Shields area on February 2018. Couple Alan and Nicola McCartney along with their friends John Kirstis were assaulted. The trio, along with the Shergal brothers, has been at a Reading reception in nearby Pollock Shields Burke Halls. Pavita Sagal sparked violence by demanding what are you looking at? The question was directed at Miss McCartney who replied nothing. Mr McCartney and Mr Carstairs were both hit over the head by a bottle by Amit Sagal. 
His brother kicked at Mr. Carstairs as he lay helpless on the ground. He then grabbed Miss McCartney, causing her head to smash against the curb. CCTV footage showed all three victims lying unconscious on the ground. Pavita Segal, 38, admitted to Glasgow Sheriff Court to assaulting Miss McCartney and Mr. Carstairs to severe injury. Ahmed Segal, 34, pled guilty to assaulting Miss McCartney and Mr. Carstairs both to severe injury. Sheriff Andrew Kirby described the incident as devastating. He told the brothers of Green Hills East Kilbride what I'm dealing with as a serious incident where all victims were unconscious. The CCTV shows you wadding through the bodies as you show no concern. You are not two young boys and you must take responsibility for these actions. The court heard earlier how Mr McCartney suffered a bleed to the brain, a cut to his head and a bruise into his left eye. He has since lost his job. Miss McCartney had cuts and swelling on the head, while Mr. Castes was treated for concussion and a broken finger. Amherst Sergal's lawyer, John McLaughlin, said the incident was very regrettable and terrible for his victims, but it was out of character, and he has a lot to regret. The brothers were both jailed for sixteen months. The Evening Times, Sport, recorded on the twenty-fifth of March, twenty-nineteen. Derek Johnston. It would be great to see Rangers kids get Scotland caps by football columnist Derek Johnston. With the retirement of Alan McGregor just before the international break, it was a little bit sad to see that there were no Rangers players in the latest Scotland squad. I'm not saying that any of the current crop would have made a difference on Thursday night against Kazakhstan because there were plenty of Celtic players in that team who were well beaten, but Rangers have always had a fine tradition of providing Scotland players over the years. It is only really Ryan Jack who would be in contention at the minute because there aren't that many eligible Scots in the Rangers team as it is, but there are a few exciting talents coming through that I'm sure we will see earning Scotland caps in the not so distant future. The likes of Glenn Middleton and Ross McCrory are exciting prospects, and hopefully that will mean there will again be players soon that can be cheered on in both the light blue of Rangers and the dark blue of Scotland. By football columnist Derek Johnston. Cue and review Prince Speaking to the Blind are a charity based in Bishop Briggs. We're currently looking to recruit volunteer access to audio ambassadors in Eastern Bartonshire to place leaflets and business cards at businesses, shops, and amenities in the area, and to show the public how to listen to daily and weekly online articles from the Herald, Scotland, Evening Times, The National, and Inside Soap magazine for free. If you would like to volunteer and become an access to audio ambassador, please contact Michael Rankin on zero one four one seven seven two three nine seven six or email aaatl at qandreview dot com. That's triple aaatl at qandreview dot com. In addition, we are also recruiting for volunteer readers and technicians. If you're interested in reading or technically supporting a recording team. Please contact us on zero one four one seven seven two three nine seven six or email information at qandreview dot com. Details of all of our volunteering opportunities are available on our website at qandreview dot com. Thank you. Now back to the main program. The Evening Times, twenty eighth of March, twenty nineteen. Glasgow school entrance should middle class areas use a ballot system. 
Radical steps should be taken to ensure school pupils are not segregated by class, according to think tank for Sutton Trust. Researchers said well-off parents should be turned from snapping up prices property around top-performing schools. These highly ranked state secondary schools in Scotland take just half of numbers of disadvantaged pupils at the national average figure show. Report Selective Comprehensive Scotland states the country has a highly socially segregated school system, such as in Glasgow's suburbs, East Renfrewshire and East Dunbartonshire. Sir Peter Lampel, founder and chairman of the Sutton Trust, said getting a place at a good school is a key to getting on in life. Yet the bottom line is that in Scotland your chances of doing that depends on your parents' income and whether they can afford to live in a French area. This is why we want to see more use of ballots where publication of places allocated randomly, as well as a focus on improving the quality of teaching in all schools, particularly those in the most disadvantaged areas. The report looked at the top-performing 70 state schools in Scotland, based on the proportion of pupils getting four AC grades in their Scottish Credit and Qualifications Framework, SCQF, Level 5 qualifications. This is a shame benchmark used in the Evening Times League table from last week. Researchers from National Foundation for Educational Research, NFER, found that just 8% of pupils at these schools are registered for free school meals, compared to 16% of all pupils in Scotland. While just half of 57% of top schools take slightly fewer disadvantaged pupils than their catchment area, over a third, 39%, takes slightly more. The Sutton Trust said that while the social backgrounds of pupils in Scottish schools tend to reflect a local area, the top performing schools are located in more efficient neighbourhoods. According to the research, around four out of five top performing schools are ranked in the 40% most affluent areas in the country, such as Rinney Mud High in Clarkston and Bearsden Academy in Bearsden. To improve access to the best schools in Scotland, the Sutton Trust would like to see changes to the admissions process that include considering the diversity of the school intake when drawing up boundaries with catchment areas. In the longer term, the report recommends that the Scottish Government, local councils and school consider a system with fewer incentives for middle-class parents to buy homes in a catchment area of top schools. Allocating a proportion of place randomly, such as half through a ballot system, could form a central part of this. NFER Cognitive Research Director and co-author Jude Haley from the National Foundation of Educational Research said our findings show that top-performing schools in each nation have much lower rates of disadvantage compared to the average rate nationally. This matters as pupils admitted to these schools achieve the highest attainment outcomes which enable them to access the best universities and potentially achieve the top labour market outcomes. In the interest of promoting greater social mobility, more needs to be done in these countries to increase the social economic diversity of the intake of top performing schools. The Evening Times News Recorded on the 25th of March 2019 Page Doherty's Clydebank murder site to reopen as a deli again by Maxine MacArthur. The deli where schoolgirl Paige Doherty was murdered is said to be reopened as another deli the Evening Times can exclusively reveal. Delicious Deli on Clydebank's Fleming Avenue was shut after John Leavham, 
brutally murdered the 15-year-old on March 19, 2016. But the Evening Times has learned another business on the street is in talks with the shop's owner to take over the space. Fleming Food Store, which is separated from the former eatery by a small walkway, opened their own deli following Leavham's arrest three years ago. The small premises is now doing so well, its owner is looking to expand and has already purchased some of the items, which were originally owned by Leafham, who rented the property for three years prior to his crime. The building's owner, Mr Sine, said he hopes Paige's family will approve of the plans, but believes things must move on. He said, if the food store want it, that could be a plan, things have to move on, but nothing is in store. If it doesn't open as a deli, it's going to be open as something else, because we're not losing money. It's been three years. We can't change the past. We're very sorry about what happened to the girl, but you've got to move on. We can't leave it. Yeah, we did have discussions with the food store because they've got a deli inside the shop. It would make sense because they're running the deli anyway. She's trying to get the backing of the family, and if everything's fine, it will go ahead. It's understood the potential renter has approached members of Paige's extended family for approval. However, the news has sparked anger among the community who want to see the building pulled down. But as the shop is attached to an out-of-use hairdresser's and a thriving takeaway, it's understood it wouldn't be possible to raise the deli to the ground without causing potential structural damage to the Mr. Tasty takeout. When approached, Paige's heartbroken mum confirmed she was told of the bid on the third anniversary of her daughter's death, and the would-be owner had even suggested hanging a picture of the teen inside. Pamela Monroe said, It's really distasteful to reopen it as a deli, and it wasn't a good time for me to be told. I don't want to see it opened again, but certainly not as a deli. My kids won't be able to visit family in Right Crook because I can't allow them to see that open as a deli. It would terrify them. We can't give our blessing for the place our daughter was killed to be reopened as a deli. We were opposed about a picture being hung in Paige's memory, which we've not really thought about, but it's inappropriate. The potential new tenant could not be reached for comment. By Maxine MacArthur Remember This weekly digest programme is just a selection of what we produce. You can access more daily content online for free at qandreview.com forward slash free podcasts for free daily podcasts of the Herald Scotland and Evening Times and weekly digests of the National and Inside Soap magazine. Alternatively, you can access all of these services via a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio player. Now, back to the main programme. The Evening Times, 28th of March 2019. Lee McCulloch, Parkhead Lynn would be important mental step for Rangers after nine-year wait. Back in October 2010, a Glen Lovins own goal and two strikes from Kenny Miller won it for us. While Rangers didn't play there for a couple of years, our recent record across the city isn't good enough. That is a hard start for the Rangers fans to stomach and they have only had the draws under Jeremy Mutti in the last couple of years. Beating Celtic in December was important physically and going to Parkhead and winning would be another important step for the players. You have to believe you can win at places like that if you want to challenge for a Premiership title. If Rangers could win, it probably won't be enough to get them back into it. But all they can do is pick up their points and try and put as much pressure on Celtic as they can. Even if they don't win the league, they need to end that record quickly. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 27th of March 2019. McDonald's reveal plan for store at Glasgow's Tory Glen Asda, by local democracy reporter Drew Sandilands. 
Plans to build a McDonald's and a children's play area on an Asda car park have been submitted to Glasgow City Council. The fast food chain has requested permission to build a two-storey restaurant with a drive through at the supermarket giant's Tory Glen store. If approved, the Prospect Hill Road scheme would also include a car park and a play area for children. Permission for a McDonald's restaurant on the supermarket site was previously granted in February 2017, despite concerns from local community councils. The plans for a unit fronting onto the road and was submitted alongside a separate application for a row of shops behind. The new application would see the restaurant relocated to the back of the site. A planning report states car park occupancy statistics reveal that the store car park is underutilised, with a substantial number of spaces not used. As part of an exercise to rationale its estate, ASDA has identified the opportunity to incorporate some additional development at the Tory Glen store, reducing the number of surplus car parking spaces and increasing the efficiency of the site. Mount Florida Community Council opposed the initial application, claiming putting a fast food outlet so close to Holyrood Catholic Secondary School is irresponsible. Warriors are also raised about the lack of consultation during the planning process. This time, the applicant has been urged to work closely with the surrounding community by council officers. An updated transport statement has been submitted with a new application stating the proposed McDonald's restaurant at Tory Glen would not generate an unacceptable level of traffic. Asda has owned the store since its construction in 1997. A McDonald's spokeswoman said, We can confirm that we have submitted an application for a new restaurant on the site of Asda in Tory Glen. This will replace the original application it made in 2017 on the same site, but for a different area which is no longer deliverable. The restaurant would create at least 65 jobs, and we are excited to be progressing with this opportunity and the significant investment it could bring to the local community. By local democracy reporter Drew Sanderlands. The Evening Times Sport Recorded on the 27th of March 2019 Scott Bain Ticket allocation will boost Celtic's chances But I'd like more Rangers fans at Parkhead By Chief Football Writer Matthew Lindsay Scott Bain has admitted he would like to see a return to the traditional ticketing arrangements at Old Firm Games even though he believes Celtic's chances of beating Rangers on Sunday will be significantly increased by having more fans behind them at Parkhead than their city rivals. Rangers announced last May that they would be slashing Celtic's allocation of briefs for matches at Ibrox by over 6,000 to just 800 and selling season tickets to their supporters for the Broomloan Road stand. The Scottish champions responded to that move in September by reluctantly reducing the size of the away support inside Celtic Park at the Glasgow Derby match to around 800 as well. A statement read, This is not a development we welcome, and it is unfortunate that the initial decision came without any form of discussion. The previous arrangements worked well for both sets of supporters, as well as contributing to the status of the fixture as a sporting occasion. Brendan Rodgers' side won the opening Old Firm game of the 2018-19 campaign 1-0 in the East End in September, while Steven Gerrard's team prevailed by the same scoreline in Govan at the end of December. Celtic are currently 10 points ahead of Rangers at top of the Labrats Premiership table with 8 games remaining and can effectively, if not arithmetically, sew up their 8th consecutive league victory with a triumph this weekend 
Spain, the Celtic goalkeeper who is set to start in his second match against Rangers this weekend appreciates that having the vast majority of the 58,000 strong crowd roaring them on will give Neil Lennon's men a huge advantage over their opponents. But the former Aloha and Dundee player, who helped his side come from behind twice to win 3-2 at Ibrox back in March, even though they were just the 10 men with the second half ordering off of uh, Jozo Simonovic feels the world-famous fixture would benefit from revised ticketing arrangements. There will be a lot more Celtic fans than the last time we played them, he said. There will be less Rangers fans, and we need to use the atmosphere. If anything, I like it when there are more fans. It creates a better atmosphere, more of an old firm derby feeling. But this is what it is. By Chief Football Writer Matthew Lindsay the Evening Times, 28th of March, 2019. Elderly woman in hospital after robbery in Castle Milk. The 84-year-old suffered a wrist injury and has been left badly shaken following a terrifying ordeal in Castle Milk in Glasgow on Tuesday night. Cops are hunting three men who forced a way into a victim's home around 9.20pm before making off with a sum of cash and jewellery. It is not yet known how the OAP came to be injured during a robbery in the areas of Bowhouse Drive. She has been taken to the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital for treatment. Detective Inspector Clark Hill said this has been a very frightening experience for an elderly lady in her own home. She has sustained an injury in the incident and has lost items of jewellery which were extremely precious to her. So far there is limited information on the three cruel suspects except for a male and right. It is thought the men may have been travelling in an Audi car that was seen in the area around the time of the incident. Officers have been carrying out door-to-door inquiries and are still in the process of obtaining CCTV footage for additional information. Detective Inspector Hill continued, I am appealing to anyone who was in the area around the time of the incident to think back and consider if they saw something which seemed a little suspicious. Did you see an Audi car? Did you notice three men hanging around the area? Any small piece of information could prove vital and help us identify the men responsible for a despicable crime. Additional officers will be patrolling the area for reassurance and anyone with information or concerns can approach these officers. Anyone with information is asked to call officers at Robber Unit via 101, call an instant number 4063 of Tuesday 26 March 2019. Alternatively, please call Crime Stoppers 0800 where information can be given anonymously. The Evening Times News Recorded on the 22nd of March 2019 Boxer promises bride I won't turn up with black eye as he fights night before wedding by political correspondent Stuart Patterson The night before their wedding day most grooms would be practising their speech or hoping the best man will remember the rings but for Reese McFadden it will be spent in a different kind of ring trying to avoid getting a black eye or bruising that will spoil the photographs. Tonight, Reese, 23, takes the next step on his professional boxing career with his second pro bout at the Emirates Arena in Glasgow. Then, less than 24 hours after the final bell, it will be wedding bells that are ringing for Reese. On Saturday afternoon, he takes the biggest step in his personal life, getting married to the love of his life, Samantha Grieve. Reese, a double Commonwealth Games medalist, 
taking bronze in Glasgow 2014 and again in Gold Coast 2018. And multiple Scottish and UK flyweight champion, turned professional last year and his form shows great promise according to his coaches. But there's this promise to his bride, Samantha, 22, that is foremost on his mind tonight. He said, I promised her not only will I win the fight, but that I'll turn up to our wedding the following day without a mark on my face, and definitely not with a black eye. Reese from Motherwell said the fight will be his stagnate, with his growing fan base cheering him on. He added, I've been in strict training for the last three months, and I only treat myself to a bottle of beer after I've won my second pro fight, and after Sammy and me have tied the knot. The couple are getting wed on Saturday at Englandston Country Club in Bishopton. While Reese is trading blows in the ring, Samantha, a dental nurse, will be enjoying a night with her bridesmaids. She said, I'm anxious when he fights normally, but I'm even more apprehensive this time with the wedding and photographs, but I'm marrying a boxer, so it comes with the territory. I'm a bit superstitious, so I won't be seeing Reese the night before the wedding. Some of my family are going to watch, but I'll be at the wedding venue with my bridesmaids. By political correspondent Stuart Patterson. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Evening Times. This weekly talking newspaper digest was a Q&Review recording service production. The readers were volunteers at Q&Review and the producer was Jordan Duncan. Q&Review Recording Service Limited is a registered Scottish charity. Number SC018016. Our registered office is at 18 Crowhill Road, Bishop Briggs, Glasgow. G641QY. Remember, you can always get in contact with us by email at information at qandreview.com or by leaving us a message on our answering service at 0141 772 3976.